Mecham Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to Indy with Dana Mecham's 37th Original Spring Classic, May 10th through the 18th at the Indiana State Fairground. 3,000 muscle cars, Corvettes, exotics, and more. Broadcast on Motor Trend TV and streaming live on Max. From avid collectors to those new to the Mecham experience, we welcome everyone. Register to bid now at Mecham.com. All right, joining us now on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline, the Big Ten leaders right now with a matchup coming up on Saturday at home, 7.30 Saturday night at Mackey Arena. It's uh, IU and Purdue and the head coach of the Boilermakers, Matt Painter, joins us. Matt, how are you? Doing good. Doing good. Thanks for having me on. Last time out, it was Sunday. You guys get a win over Ohio State. And before we get into the nuts and bolts of that at home, something that struck me. I was listening to you and Rob do your radio show weekly the other night, and you were talking about these these 20-game Big Ten seasons starting now to get a little bit more used to it. Do we even realize, because I love hoop, and hey, it's hoops on, and that's great. Do we realize to what degree it is an absolute grind for everybody involved doing these 20 games yeah it is really difficult and I think that's the kind of the ups and the downs and you see some teams in our league that that have had some injury issues and they're the ones that if you get up against it at certain times like right now we have time off and you know we played on on Sunday and now we don't play until Saturday everybody kind of has a break right there but if you get some injuries or some things don't go your way and then you've got a lot of games coming up. Like Indiana, obviously, was shorthanded with Race Thompson and obviously with Xavier Johnson being out the whole season. So, like, like those are the things that you can't control that aren't, that's not fair. And, and sometimes, you, you know, you get on the road, things happen on the road. It's, it's more difficult on the road. So, like, whenever you kind of have your streaks, like last year we had a couple streaks where we just didn't have a day off because of a lot of stuff. Everybody really got it the year before because of COVID, and it was just you know a different year, just trying yep. to kind of get through it. But you see the ups and downs for each team. Your ability to push through a tough time and then come out and be okay is you know is huge, and that's where we kind of are right now, like trying to push out of. We lost three out of four. We won our last game, so it's we lost three out of five. You know, can you push through that and now grow from some of those losses? Everybody has the team that has the most quad one wins is Kansas by a long shot in the country, but they still lost three straight games in conference this year. So like, this isn't something that anybody's excused from in college basketball right now. We don't have that one dominant team, yeah. you know, that's excused from all that, but there are a lot of ups and downs through that. And that's how that, you know, that mental and physical toughness, man, of your team, it really, really shows or doesn't show. Like, and now when you have that, it's not okay. You got to fight through it. You got to push through it and then become better because of it. I'm certain I don't probably see anything other than, hey, shot making. Hey, they just made a shot. <laughs> but but I'll be honest with you. I, sometimes I feel like I can tell when, when a guy normally plays at a level athletically yeah. and speed-wise to when they're downgeared a little bit because they're grinded out or tired. I'm assuming you easily can tell. Was that a point where you could see it with some of your guys over the the course of the last five or so games? Um, A little bit, but for us, it was taking care of the basketball. So to me, it was more of just, you know, the mental toughness of playing on two feet more, being strong with the basketball. So even though we had some things and people, you know, made an issue, I even talked once, you know, about, you know, like the officiating, it still comes back to you. It still comes back to my coaching, comes back to our playing as a group. You can't turn the basketball over. Then if you turn the basketball over and you don't shoot well, that's a that's a disaster. You're, you're not going to win those games, especially if you're on the road. And we just got to be better. You know, more than anything, you just got to be better. You got to be able to, is it tough? Sure, it's tough, but it's also tough for everybody. And the teams that can push through that are the teams that are going to really, you know, start looking like they're in a great position come March. Uh, here's uh, Matt Painter, the head coach of the Boilermakers, coming off a win over Ohio State on, on Sunday. You'd mentioned uh, losing three or four going into that game. And and really in a category that uh, impressed me and it should have impressed anybody was getting back on track, I think, on the glass, which it was, was a place where you have been all season long positioned and strong. And it seemed like you kind of got back into that category and you were dominant against the Buckeyes on the glass Sunday. Yeah, and that's something, you know, with your turnovers or lack thereof and dominating the glass, like they they never should get separated. Like they're together. Like that possession war is so important. So, you know, we have seven turnovers against Penn State. 
we do a good job on the glass. We get a quality win at home. Then we have three games. We lose, we win one of those three games, but we go 16, I think 16, 17, 16 turnovers. So then you're like, you're doing well on the glass. You're not shooting as well, but you're turning it over. And you're like, man, we just got to, you know, take care of the ball against Maryland. Well, we have like eight turnovers against Maryland, but they, they kick us on the glass. You know, they out-rebound us by 12. Um, I think we've been out-rebounded three times this whole year, counting that game. So it was good to see in the Ohio State game. We out-rebounded by over 20, but we also take care of the basketball. We had 11 turnovers. Two were really late after we subbed. So, you know, you're right there around 9, 10 turnovers, which you need to be. If we can keep it right there and then do that well on the glass, you know, we're going to have a lot of success. It's uh, no doubt about it. Uh, <laughs> Matt Painter joins us, too. Again, shot-making ability, shot ability notwithstanding, those are the things that, you know, that I see, and you go a hell of a lot deeper. How do you know when your team is playing at its highest level and some of those circumstances this season some of those moments this season maybe just to the common fan like me maybe explain those moments and what you see as to what you expect out of this team at their best moments right well the efficiency you know on both ends of the court is really important like what your offensive efficiency is what your defensive efficiency is you know that is so important but your your jump shot doesn't always travel your it's the ball is not always going to go in for you so that's something that's just like a fundamental thing that you want to set with your team at the beginning of the year and just keep growing it because you know you're going to get some open shots at some time that are just simply not going to go in everybody looks at your offense like you're really doing a good job when the ball goes in. When in reality, yeah. you can get good shots sometimes and it doesn't go in. Then they're like, hey, what's the problem? That right there is a red flag for whoever's asking that question that they don't know basketball, first yeah. of all. So the one thing yeah. in basketball is just you can't get enough quality shots for obvious reasons. You want to make shots, but you also, when you take good shots, you don't surprise anybody. you got a better chance to offensive rebound. And then when you don't get those offensive rebounds, when you take quality shots, you set your defense. So you get your safeties back and you don't allow them to get in transition. And that's where we've struggled. Like when we've turned it over or taken a bad shot, other teams are constantly playing in transition. The first half of the Indiana game, playing in transition. Second half, Maryland game, even though we didn't turn it over a lot, they just got in transition too much. You can't let those teams get into transition because that's what they want too. They want to be able to steal points in transition. They want to be able to get on the glass and steal points that way. It's just too hard to play against quality teams and have to score every basket against a set defense. But that's what you want to do defensively. But it starts with your decision-making on the offensive end. It starts with your ability to take take control of the game and really have good ball control there. And when you can do those things, man, now – you're just going to give yourself a better chance. We have such a great offensive rebound percentage. So for us, you know, Zach averages a little bit under six offensive rebounds a game. It's a little surreal, you know, to say that someone can yeah. go into a game. We go down to Indiana, you know, and we kind of waste that performance because, you know, he gets 10 offensive rebounds. You know, if you get 10 offensive rebounds as one person, like, you know, you should win yeah, the game. No doubt. And we just didn't. You know, we, we turned it over. We missed free throws. You know, and so that was something that we've done a pretty good job on all, you know, this year. So those are just some things to kind of look at when you're just like a fan. It's like, are they getting quality shots? Because if they are and they're missing, you know, you want to stay with it because you're getting those quality shots. You're just not knocking them down. The percentages say, you know, if you're, if you're getting tough shots, even if you're making some of them, that if you continue to get tough shots, that your percentage is going to go down and the other team's going to have a better chance to rebound and get out and transition themselves. Matt Painter joins us again. IU and Purdue coming up on Saturday night, 7.30, Mackey Arena in West Lafayette. Part two of the two-game matchup during this Big Ten regular season. You mentioned a month ago in Bloomington, turnovers really in that first half is what led to the path of that particular loss. And you talk about, for the most part this season, your guys being good decision makers. And oftentimes that starts with Braden Smith, the freshman how has he evolved this season as as a leader and a top shelf decision maker for your team well he's had a great year he's done a lot of really good things for us and um, just a you know good overall point guard really trying to get him to score more than he does you know looking for his pull up looking for threes when they go under ball screens kind of picking his spot there but he does a great job attacking the defense and he's got very good 
natural instincts how to play. He's got himself in some tough spots late in games where he, you know, he leaves his feet to pass. And he gets a lot done when he leaves his feet to pass. But when you get into those crucial situations there, you know, you got to play on two feet. You got to dribble through, you know. And so he's learned some valuable lessons, you know, going forward. But but he's been great. You know, he, he gives us someone that sets up guys, you know, gets the ball to shooters, gets the ball inside to Zach, but also pushes the tempo for our team. Um, very good at playing passing lanes, very good hands instinctually. And I think that's only going to get better um, in, in the years to come. I'm glad you brought that up because you and I are the same age. We came from an era where if you jumped to pass, you'd be running stair laps after you jumped <laughs> yeah, to make no, that, no that pass. <laughs> I, um, the evolution of that, um, is it specific to just individual players or is that an aspect where we're just seeing basically everybody learn this and that's just a part of the game now? Um, I'd prefer him to play on two feet. Um, he, he gets some things done that way. Um, but I, I, I do think it's individual. I do think that, you know, he needs to have the ability to be able to do that. But he also, you know, are we, you know, are we creating a bad habit for crucial times of a game? And that's what we're trying to kind of get across to him is that at those times, like now, just keep your dribble alive, dribble through or jump stop and play on two feet. If you have an angle and you've got it, you can play off of one foot. You know, the, the old adage was, and it still holds true, you know, if you're leaving your feet, you should be leaving your feet to shoot the basketball. Right. And there's still times, like, you know, especially when you – I always call it the Venus flytrap. When you get deep against size, you know, now you've got into that, you know, the Venus flytrap, and now can you yep. get out of there? Well, if you jump stop, you don't take your shot out of play. When you leave your feet and you didn't go to shoot, you've eliminated the shot. So your options have been, you know, eliminated right there. Now you're a passer. That's all you are when you right. leave your feet and you have no place to go. When you jump stop, you have not eliminated the ability to shoot the ball. You can reverse pivot, shoot a little fadeaway. You can reverse pivot, step through, and kind of shoot like a little uh, underscoop layup right there. But you become a passer, too. So, like, you know, now you have options when you're on two feet. When you do it the other way, I hope you know what you're doing and you have the ability and the skills to make those plays because, you know, now you have to. The great ones when you watch NBA games and you do that, you know, you see that stuff, they still fall victim to it. But the great ones, LeBron James, the Chris Paul, like that's that's second nature for those guys. They've worked it, but they're elite. You know, they're the outliers. And so, but who do we model? You know, we model Steph Curry. We model – Chris Paul, we model LeBron James, and they have some abilities that most people don't have. When you're talking about Braden, too, <laughs> and I want to go back to a point you made about you know stepping up and, and, and taking a shot. It, you've seen defenses will play him for the pass all the way to the jump pass. And they're so right. it seems like that there becomes such a, a small margin for error, and there's, there's a lot more stuff that can go wrong. And I would agree with you. If he were to stop and pop or to look for his own a little bit more – then I think that that opens up the choice where defensively you're not just playing the pass because you've seen it over and over again on film. That's what he does. Yeah, and that's what he needs to continue to do. Like he he's going down the right path. He walked on campus with some really really good instincts. Knows how to play. Now just kind of refining some things through the college game right here and, and learning some lessons as you go. But that's true for everybody. You know, he just has the ball in his hands a lot. He has a lot of responsibility for us, but he's also earned that responsibility. So Matt Painter who joins us. It's IU and Purdue coming up on Saturday. Again, first time out in Bloomington, a win for the Hoosiers. What do you think about the way, and obviously IU played last night and lost on the road in East Lansing to Michigan State, but what do you think about the matchup part two coming up with the Hoosiers on Saturday night, Matt? Well, obviously, I think it starts with Trace Jackson Davis. Um you know, I you know he is such a you know a tough cover. He's so athletic and he's so quick. He just simply overpowered us a couple times, you know, in Bloomington. Just made a couple quick moves, and then we got there, and he just went through us. And so he's um, you know been great in our league, um, one of the best players in the country. So I think it starts <clears throat> you know with that matchup. Shafino was really good against us at their place. He's a very very good player, talented. You know, I know. For them, that one-two punch is what they really look for to to kind of get him going and also get Trace going. But, you know, they have a lot of good players. You know, they bring Renew off the bench, who's very, very talented, good player. You know, Race is someone who's been in our league a long time that could really defend, rebound, knows what's going on. You know, very good player. Galloway's improvement has really helped them. 
You know, he's a, a guy that plays hard. He defends. But now his offensive piece, you know, he can drive the ball and get into the paint and make plays. He's making threes. I saw him in the box score. I went recruiting last night, so I haven't seen the game yet. You know, he made three threes. You know, on the road, which is very, very difficult, his improvement offensively has really helped. And Miller Cop plays very hard, competes, defends, you know, is a shot maker. So I like that balance right there with the guys that I just mentioned. I think they have a very good balance because Galloway's made that improvement shooting. Cop can knock those shots down right there. Shafino can make threes. Now when you put them with, with – Trace Jackson Davis, that they're, they're really complementing each, each other well. They're they're falling some you know victims kind of like a lot of different people like getting on the road. They had a good start to the game yesterday, and then Michigan State came back. I was listening to, uh, to Fish on the radio when I was driving back to the airport, and then they made that nice little run. Michigan State did at the end of the half, and then they really didn't you know they didn't get that back. And that's kind of part, you know, we're in the same position when we played Maryland the other night. We're up eight to 15 minutes to go in the game. And then all of a sudden it was an an avalanche. This wasn't quite the avalanche from just kind of looking from 10,000 feet. But they they, they had, you know, they they had control of the game in the first half. I know there's a lot of game to be played, but that's what you want to be able to do. You want to be able to gain control on the road and keep control on the road and keep them down. Doesn't mean you can't seesaw and still win games, but the percentages are definitely up when you control the game throughout. Your team has almost a week off. Um, it, it, was that necessary? Yeah. You think you guys need a bit of a, a break here? Do you like well, having almost that much time? Yeah, I think everybody would take that at this time of the year. Yeah. You know, when people kind of say, well, this guy's hurt and that guy's hurt and that stuff. Everybody has people hurt. You know, it's just it's the wear and tear of the season. That's why you got to have that mental toughness to be able to fight through things and keep competing and keep playing. But you like that time off, you know, getting your guys refreshed, getting them going again, and uh, having some good practice to get ready for your next game. You dig on the uh, Tuesday night high school recruiting drives you like that especially this time of year because the the girls are playing in the high school finals so obviously the fellows are going to be playing on a tuesday or a wednesday something like that yeah it's all right you know you're you're just trying to pick some spots with with some guys that you're looking at to be able to get out i get out a lot during the season i think i like watching guys with their high school team i like watching them and seeing them interact i think it's a big piece um you know when you have guys that get there because it's hard man it's you know not everybody can be like Braden smith and fletcher lawyer and come in and start as a true freshman some guys got a red shirt some guys got to play a role for a while it's just it's very very difficult like you got to get the right pieces on your team obviously you want talent but you also want production and you want good guys that are going to blend on the team is there a vital piece that you look for just outside of athleticism talent and the basketball package there yeah winning yeah, yeah. that's what i look for you know you know you get in high school and like you know you're just more talented than people um that's one thing everybody understands that those those recruits are there but do you have winning ways about you like are you a good guy you know are you a competitor when things don't go your way how do you and the people around you you know react do you support your high school coach like you know i always say that about parents that complain about their high school coach i said i'm next you know <laughs> i'm next you're complaining about them like but they're going to be out of the equation. And then when you come here, you're going to complain about me then. So that's always, it's always interesting to hear people talk about stuff they don't see. That, that, that blows my mind when people go on Twitter and they do stuff like, hey, man, we practice every day for three hours. We start in June. Like we do all these things just because you got like an ESPN package, you know, doesn't make you an authority. There's a lot of things going on that you can't see behind that's going to, you know, that's how you come to your answers. I come to your answers through yeah. their production and practice and how they handle themselves. I um, have you. Uh, I mean, obviously, being a coach as long as you have now, have you refined that that viewpoint of what you're looking for in a player over the years? Is that sure. ever evolving? Sure. I, I don't think your puzzle's ever complete. I think you in, in recruiting, like you're always working towards. Um, you know, getting the right answer at the right time for your program and where you're at. And it's not always, there's an inexact science to it. So like why it works for one guy might be a little bit different from the other, but you know, you can't have enough substance and you've got to find guys that have substance and guys that are about winning. Um, and, and you know, every now and then, like you can find guys that just their talents are so great and they might not have those things, but now you're going to try to bring that out of them and get them to understand that, you know, we don't become you, you know, you, you become us. That's always an old adage that, you know, coaches have said through the years and that's what they got to understand. Like when you come in here, like we've done this for a long time, 
we're going to try to help you kind of get acclimated and get set for this. This isn't going to be the same. Like you're just, it's just not going to be the same going forward. Like just, you know, high school to college is much different. College to pros is much different. You got to be able to make those adjustments and do it right away and sacrifice. Everybody on your team has to sacrifice. You have to understand that. And it's, it's not going to be rosy for everybody. All right. I didn't want to tell you a, a final couple of things. I went to uh, to dinner a couple of Fridays ago with Don Fisher. You, you referenced Don mm-hmm. a little bit earlier in the conversation. We did have a, a Matt Painter portion of the conversation that you would have really <laughs> enjoyed. You would have liked it a great deal. Was it when the when the check came? Was that the one like you guys were looking for me? Hey, you should. I I was going. I had alligator arms, but I act like I don't. Right, so I'm going. Right. Yeah, yeah. I'll do it. I'll do it. But I'm really not reaching for it. I'm just going. All right. Yeah. Longtime voice of the Hoosiers is going to do it. But no, seriously, we're both uh, we both like you a great deal, obviously, and love talking basketball with you. So there was a portion, a strong portion of a Matt Painter conversation at our dinner a there couple we go. Of days ago. There we go. I and, got you guys fooled. Yeah. <laughs> By the way. Blackman's got to stop jinxing you guys on stuff here too. I mean, no have, doubt. You, have you called him to the carpet on that stuff? Yeah, we're we're just we're we're just hoping he improves. We're just hoping <laughs> he works through it and gets better. Yeah. So he said it after the Penn State. That was the thing we talked yeah. about the other night. The Penn State. Yeah. Game. He goes, you guys have been great. You've taken care of the basketball. Seven turnovers. And then right away, 17, 16, 17. And so I wish it was Blackman's fault, but it is. <laughs> I, I, but I wish it was, but it's not. It's my fault. Well, when, when I, and I was, watch, I was watching that, and you were like strangling that straw piece of paper or something. <laughs> and, yeah, saying, yeah. and I'm going, yeah, you know, I wish it were yeah. your fault, but unfortunately is not. Again, Purdue hosts IU coming up on Saturday. That is game number two of this regular season with the Hoosiers and the Boilermakers. 7.30 is the tip time up at Mac Arena in West Lafayette. Always a pleasure to talk to Matt Painter on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. Keep on keeping on, and uh, I'll stay in touch, and um, we'll get back together again sometime soon, Matt. Thanks. Joining us now on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline, I've known our next guest for a long time, certainly his family for a long time. He's a sophomore at Northwestern, and Northwestern is having a fantastic season. So far in the Big Ten, sophomore Brooks Barnheiser joins us now. Brooks, thanks for the time. How are you, buddy? I'm good. Thank you for having me on. Yeah. Uh, how are you? I'm great. Thank you for asking, but I cannot be better than you as a sophomore and the type of season you're having with your team right now. How does it feel to be playing at the high level in which you are at this moment? Yeah, it feels, uh, you know, really good. It's kind of like, a, you know, something I've always dreamed about. And, you know, like you said, like with our success, you know, it's just like it's, you know, a great experience. And, you know, I'm kind of trying to live in it and, you know, kind of keep going. You know, we still got, you know, four more regular season games left. And, you know, hopefully, you know, we got some postseason play. Uh, among us but uh yeah trying to stay you know mellow in the moment but you know it's been great and uh, i'm really excited for our future he is brooks barnheiser former lafayette jeff standout played for his father mark barnheiser just uh, simply put one of the best coaches to ever coach in the state of indiana certainly high school wise we'll talk about that and your relationship with your dad and your family coming up in a minute but brooks i'm curious about this you go back when you guys first learned that both pete nance and ryan young were going to depart the program and going respectively in this case Carolina and Duke what did you think about that moment did you think that this team could evolve into transform into without those two guys what you have accomplished was that kind of a a motivational chip if you will to to move along and to do do your best was it more of a motivation than maybe you would normally have going into a season yeah I think like uh, what you kind of said was like true you know like Ryan and Pete were two, like, you know, veterans that have been here for four years. And, you know, I love those guys to death. You know, Pete, I really do look up to as, like, an older brother, and he really helped me get through, you know, those freshman year woes that you kind of go through. And, um, you know, I think that one thing that definitely uh, shifted everything was when Pete and Ryan, like, you know, departing, it kind of switched the way that we were going to have to play. You know, uh, Ryan Young is kind of like a back-to-the-basket kind of, you know, post player. And, um you know, Pete's kind of just like a really good, you know, low post score. He can shoot it. He can stretch the floor. But we kind of knew that, you know, we were going to have to switch the way we play for us to try to be successful. And I know a lot of people have seen two really good players like Ryan and Pete, you know, depart and, you know, go to Duke and North Carolina and kind of look at us like, man, like, you know, they had both of those guys and, uh, you know, they didn't make the tournament. And now those two are leaving. 
like there's probably no hope there. And I really think that it was just kind of like you said, a motivational kind of thing for us. Like, you know, like we love those guys. We were so grateful for everything they've given us. But, you know, the guys that are still here, like we want to win. And, uh, you know, everybody kind of counted us out. So I think that's just like a really uh, two things that really tied together was one, like, you know, kind of switching how we kind of had to play. Uh, to you know, kind of fit the guys that we have on our roster now, and also you know, kind of trying to you know, like kind of go show people that you know we're not you know left for dead, and you know we can compete too. He is Brooks Barnheiser, sophomore of Northwestern. Northwestern on the road in Champaign to get Illinois coming up tomorrow night. We'll talk about that matchup with you in a second. But you mentioned so you go from what would have probably been more of an interior-oriented squad. And then both Pete Nance and Ryan Young leave, and obviously with Boo Booey and Chase Audige in the backcourt, more of a backcourt-driven team, which obviously has been more beneficial to the squad we see right now. So maybe you don't find that out without those two departures? Yeah, you know, I feel like uh, it's kind of – we had a lot of, like, really talented uh, guys on our team last year, and I think that it was just kind of – you know, we were playing – we kind of got to play to your strengths last year. You know, a lot of people were kind of, you know, we, we would have an inside, uh, you know, like post presence as well as like, you know, having guards that were, you know, really good as well. But I think this year now that, you know, it's kind of like more fast pace wise, I think that's why you've kind of seen like Boo and Chase, you know, have like the such really great years that they've had. And, you know, kind of everybody else is like, you know, everybody like one thing, I think it's like our roles, you know, like everybody kind of knows their role this year. And, you know, like the guys, like uh, the role players kind of really know who to compliment. And I think that's like a really big difference between last year and, and this year. It was just like everybody kind of knows their roles more so. But I definitely think that that, you know, contributes to Boo and Chase really having the year that they're having. Well, I, we watch you uh, down here every every time you play. And the, the one thing I've noticed, and, and maybe I'm wrong, and you, and you can tell me if I am or say, yeah, you're absolutely right. It seems like that that your your place on this team, your presence and what you're looked upon to do with, with your head coach, Chris Collins, has evolved now to being around the basketball a hell of a lot more. Even then, I guess you look back to the start of the season, how it was then. Is that accurate? Yeah, you know, I think so, and I think it's just kind of like, um, you know, earning trust of, like, you know, being out there and uh, just playing as hard as I can. And I feel like, uh, you know, my coaches have done a really good uh, job of, like, you know, kind of like rewarding us per se, you know, just kind of like if I can go out there. And I know that my job is, you know, be an energy guy and just, you know, give all I can give. And I feel like that they've really, you know, made that clear to me. And, uh, you know, they trust me now to be out there. You know, whether it be, you know, closed games or, you know, crunch time and stuff like that, just because they, I feel like they, they can trust, like, how hard that I'm, you know, supposed to play. And, you know, I kind of know that, you know, Boo and Chase are going to be the two guys that a lot of people are going to key in on. And, you know, if they're really keying in on those guys, like you said, like kind of having the ball a little more, like being aggressive, trying to take pressure off of, you know, our two, like, you know, best players. So hey, I definitely agree with you. Yeah, hey Brooks, was there a game, maybe a signature game for you? Because you mentioned you you work to and you play to with your results to prove to Chris Collins that you're worthy of of this opportunity and you're worthy of obviously you know being you know, confident with the basketball and having confidence, I guess, with your head coach. And this was there a signature moment this season so far where you saw your role change with that confidence level that you gave to your head coach and entrusting you in certain situations. Was there a game that stands out? Yeah, I feel like uh, kind of like this, like um, kind of last few stretch of games, uh, just kind of like, uh, for instance, like one game that kind of sticks out was an Ohio State game where, you know, a lot of people uh, there, like Ohio State's game plan, I think was really trying to get the ball out of Boone and Chase's hands. And uh, they were really keying in on uh, Chase. So I ended up having a lot of, like, really good looks. And, you know, I kind of stepped up in, like, a time where I really did need to step up and we really needed to get a road win to put us to 8-5 and five in the league. And, you know, I think just kind of like there, I kind of, like, really, you know, my confidence grew a little bit. And then just since then, it's just, like, making the right plays. And it doesn't even, you know, have to be scoring. You know, if it's taking charges or if it's getting rebounds, or, you know, just playing, you know, solid defense and, you know, distributing the ball when I'm supposed to. I just kind of think that I've really gotten better at those kind of things the last few games in this home stretch 
and you know we've kind of been gone on this winning streak and you know I just got to keep doing it and you know all of our you know we all got to kind of hold up our end of the bargain and try to keep keep this streak going. Sophomore Brooks Barnheiser of Lafayette Jeff and of Northwestern's on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. It's uh, Northwestern in Illinois coming up at nine o'clock tomorrow night. First time out at home against Illinois. You guys won by thirteen. What's your expectation? What are you going to see in this second time around from the Illini coming up tomorrow night? Yeah, you know, I mean, they're a really good team, and they've uh, kind of been, they've been winning. Uh, you know, they're one of the hottest teams, you know, in our league, uh, you know, uh, like up until late. So, you know, they're definitely going to come out and try to, you know, because, I mean, it is an in-state kind of like a rivalry thing. You yeah. know, I don't know if it's as big as uh, IU-Purdue or anything like that, but, you know, it's definitely a really good, two really good programs just trying to, you know, kind of gain more wins in the league. So definitely going to see. Uh, you know, they kind of play fast. Um, you know, they have a lot of really talented players, so they're definitely going to give us our all. And, you know, we got to be ready for it. Your dad, Mark Barnheiser, is a, a longtime friend of mine, and he, he, to me, is one of the best coaches to ever coach in this state. He was your high school coach. Uh, it certainly, it started for you down in Alabama, Mobile, Alabama, and then he got the gig at, at Lafayette at Jeffer, at Lafayette Jefferson, and it kind of took off from there. What, what basketball-wise – has he meant to you? Because I, I know you're described as a basketball junkie, and there, to me, was no bigger basketball junkie than your dad. Basically, not just when he was younger, but still right now. What what has that meant to you with your growth and maturation in the game of basketball, Brooks? Yeah, you know, I think it means everything. And I, I know you remember, like, when we were young, uh, just always going to the gym, you know, at 530. He's always getting us up and – you know, uh, I remember he used to throw us against the high school guys uh, that were on his team when we were just at a really young age. And I feel like he just really invested, like, the morals and, like, just the commitment that you have to have as a basketball player to try to, you know, always improve and try to be at your best. And I feel like, you know, it's been, you know, pinnacle to, like, my career um, and just, like, kind of where I have to go because all the stuff that he used to teach me and all the lessons he taught me, one, being my coach and just being my dad, uh, were just really great lessons, and uh, some of my funnest memories is just like learning um, about like basketball and stuff. Like before I even played for him, like when he was at Perry and uh, when he was like at Memorial and yeah. all these players, just watching his teams play and just seeing that like you know like what a good coach means and like what a player needs to do, like what like their jobs are, you know. So I feel like that's kind of like where the basketball junkie title comes from. I've just always kind of been around my father and uh, the game of basketball, and it's kind of like a you know, like a thing that's like our passion. So it's definitely, definitely in my blood for sure. To me, and this is how it was, if it wasn't about basketball for him, it was almost like it was a wasted moment. Is that kind of your craft too? Is it constant thinking about how you can get better, what you can do, you know, whether you're running on the side of the road like he used to do all the time in early mornings or, you know, shooting 500 jump shots or 500 free throws a day. Is that kind of how you're built as well? Because he always, to me, it felt like if it wasn't about basketball for him, he felt like it was a wasted moment. Yeah, you know, I definitely think that's kind of how it is with me too. Um, you know, it's funny because like – whenever like we finish the game or you know I'm going home to the dorm or I'm just doing something I'm always thinking about basketball uh, in some kind of way like even if we win a game I'm going to go like watch the game back and you know kind of see like what I did wrong or what I did well and you know a lot of other people I feel like you know are trying to celebrate those things and stuff like that but it's just something that I feel like my dad is wired into me like you know you can always improve and you know there's always room for improvement and kind of like you said there's never a wasted moment like, you know, I just always kind of think about the game. And I know that comes from my dad. And, you know, like if I'm just sitting down or I'm in class, you know, it's always on my mind. So I, I, there definitely is like a passion and a burning love for it that I definitely get from my dad. And, you know, I'm really grateful for it. You know, sometimes it can be, you know, like a, a little bit of a, like a, uh, like a blessing and a curse, but it's definitely <laughs> a blessing. So I, I definitely am appreciative of my dad uh, instilling that in me at a young age, for sure. I have never been around a better motivator. And and you mentioned, too, I mean, it's not all the time. It's not like you're walking through the Rose Garden all the time yeah, with no, this motivation. Yeah, yeah. And and yeah. you know what? Man, there's nothing wrong with it. There's and and I, I didn't don't. I didn't know that. Like I met your dad when I was at the year after I graduated, and I, I so wish he would have been a part of it before I did because there were just certain aspects of of being competitive that I don't think I truly understood until I was around him. And and you can tell both you and Braxton get that directly from him, and that has to be incredibly special. 
Yeah, you know, it's 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 like one of the coolest things now that I think back on it, uh, now that I'm in college and kind of getting out there on my own. But, like, you know, it was really special kind of what we had. And uh, it's kind of like something that uh, you almost, like, wish you could go back and, uh, you know, really, like, appreciate even more. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, those those memories are like memories that, you know, I'll never give up. And, you know, those are some of like the most fun times. It's just me and my dad in the gym. Uh, you know, before, like, I even, me and my brother even think, like, knew that we could be good. Or just, like, being in there with my dad was just something that was like, you know, it was almost like a safe haven. Like, it, it was almost like, you know, like, that was kind of like our, you know, like, happy place almost. So, yeah, it was incredibly special. And, you know, those are times I'll never forget. Yeah, no doubt about that. Braxton doing well. At, I know he's back at Trinity, correct? Yeah, yeah, but he's doing well. Uh, you know, he he was hurt this last year, um, but, uh, you know, he's getting healthy. He had a stress fracture in his knee, but, you know, he works, you know, so hard. And, yeah. you know, I'm so proud of him. Um, you know, everything he, uh, that, uh, he, do, like he does is kind of just like us. So I'm excited for his future for sure. Well, you know that you guys, uh, your mom and your dad, Mark and, and Heidi, are very special to me and us around here, and we could not be more proud of, of both you and Braxton and what you've accomplished. And we love being along for the ride and watching you get better and better at Northwestern. And the best of luck coming up tomorrow night at Illinois. And, and Brooks, I'll catch back up with you at some point uh, when we see where you're going to end up going because you guys are destined to go to that NCAA tournament, and that's going to make it even more sweet. But, hey, congratulations again on what you've accomplished, and keep on keeping on, buddy. Uh, joining okay. us now on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline, you're number nine at Bedford North Lawrence, and they are in the 4A state title game. That's 8-15 coming up on Saturday night. The head coach of the Stars, it's Jeff Allen, somebody I know really well. Jeff, thank you for the time. How are you? Oh, thank you, John. Uh, I'm doing great. Having a great week. I, I appreciate being here. You know what? We have. I'm, if I have like David Hayes or Brad Holsclaw on one of these days, I think we may hit it all in terms of Eastern Green. We've had Dusty May on at Florida Atlantic, and now obviously with what you've accomplished at Bedford North Lawrence as the the girls' head coach and what you've done in the past. It's interesting to get all these stories out there. And as we talk about you and year number nine with this group down at B&L, it's been a hell of a year so far for you, hasn't it? Yeah, I mean, they, they're they just an outstanding group of, of kids. <clears throat> you know, I, I mean, you, you have to have talent to be successful. But I tell you, when you have kids that have high character, it makes it a lot easier as a coach, that's for sure. Yeah, it's uh, Jeff Allen, the head coach of Bedford North Lawrence. It's B&L and Fishers coming up at 8.15 on Saturday. We were talking a little bit off the air about pushing in the same direction. And oftentimes, support-wise, that is – tough to do it seems like to me going way back with that girls program in bedford it's everybody always pushing in the same direction and with that type of support you tend to get these types of results has that been the case for you in your nine years in bedford oh i I definitely agree with that you know tradition has a lot to do with it uh you know kids grow up here in bedford uh young girls uh they want to be a lady star uh they expect to win when they go on the floor uh, we have great support from our community and from our school administration. Uh, all that pay, plays into, you know, you having a successful program and being able to accomplish things that, that we've been able to do this year. You go back to uh, 2014, I believe it was. Uh, that was um, Damon's final year as as the coach there. You guys won it all. Uh, he goes with Kurt up to Butler to be an assistant coach. You get the call to take over. Was there any apprehension nine years ago to take on that, that gig, or was it uh, an absolute considering your love for basketball? Oh, it was an absolute. You know, Damon and Kurt and I, we all have really similar philosophies on how the game should be played and how it needs to be handled. And, you know, it, it was a, a no-brainer for me. Uh, uh, as long as, you know, I met the criteria, what the school wanted, I was willing to step in and do it. And, you know, it, it's provided not only memories for me for a lifetime with my daughters, who both played, uh, but all these young girls I've had a chance to, uh, you know, to be with uh, through over the, throughout the last nine years. I just got a tremendous amount of memories, and you know, this year's uh, 
uh, been a great example that I've got a lot of great memories uh, from this tournament. Hopefully, uh, you know, we can make another one on Saturday night. It's uh, Jeff Allen, the head coach of Bedford North Lawrence, Bedford North Lawrence and Fishers. We'll talk about the matchup with you coming up in a minute. But you, you mentioned your family. Uh, Jory is a senior at DePaul. I think she was the 2019 Miss Basketball in the state of Indiana, if memory serves. Jenna, who played collegiately at Michigan State, is, is playing professionally overseas in Spain. So it's not lost on you, not just as a coach with others' kids, but your own kids have been the uh, beneficiaries of, obviously, your tutelage along the way. That has to make it even more special, Jeff. It does. I mean, it's it's a tough thing coaching your own your own daughter. Uh, I mean, it's a thing, something that's probably a lot easier said than done. Um, I think I got better with it as time goes along. But I tell you, the memories you make with your kids, uh, you know, we get together still and talk about uh, you know the memories that we had when we when they played for me. So it's it's definitely worth it. Yeah, it's uh, Jeff Allen is with us. So Fishers just surviving their sectional. Uh, would would take a lot. We know that, given who was a part of their sectional. What do you think about this Fishers team you're taking on on Saturday night? Uh, they're an outstanding team. Uh, I mean, they've got some really good athletes in the Smith Glens, and they've got a lot of really good pieces to go along with them. Uh, they, they play some great defense, play extremely hard. Um, I really think it's, it's, a, it's two teams that kind of mirror each other and how they approach the game. Uh, I think it's going to be a really interesting matchup. And uh, as I said earlier in the week, I think it's going to come down to kids making plays. Uh, you know, sometimes you get late in the season here, you hope that you've instilled uh, good decision-making in your kids so they'll make good plays when they get to this position. And I think that's what it's going to come down to. Well, and you have – you're fortunate enough to coach up some playmakers, and one being Chloe Spring. And I I was at the Center Grove BNL game in, in the morning session this past Saturday at Southport Fieldhouse. And it, it seems like you have to be as comfortable as anybody when she has the basketball in her hands, knowing that more times than not she's going to make that correct decision. Well, she's a winner, you know, and uh, she's a team first kid, even as talented as she is. She's a tremendous talent, but she's all about what's uh, what's good for the team. You know, sometimes we need her to score. Sometimes we need her to rebound and defend, and she understands that. And, uh, you know, on Saturday, I thought she did a great job in a semi-state of stepping up and really leading on the offensive end and really being aggressive. Um, she's she's just a tremendous talent that uh, uh, she can play and score at all three levels. And, uh, you know, she's a, a pleasure to coach, too. Just a great kid. Well, and it seems like that you have a lot of that. Because the thing I noticed, you could correct me if I'm wrong, because I've seen you all of all of one time play, and that doesn't make me an expert by any stretch. But I'm, I'm curious, not a lot of threes that I saw taken. Of course, that's a little bit against the grain to what we see uh, the level of play really on any basketball level nowadays with every Everybody falling in love with the three-point shot is—is is that by design? And what is your offense by design? Is it to put it in her hands and then for the rest of the team to play off her? Or are we talking about a lot of interchangeable parts on your team? Well, I, I think we have several kids that can, you know, score the basketball. We have several skilled kids in Carson Norman and Madison Bailey, uh, Mallory Pride uh, on the inside. So I don't know that it's necessarily geared. What will we gear our offenses around? Who, who has an advantage on that day and or that moment? Um, these kids do a great job of sharing the basketball. That's a big part of any uh, successful offense. And we will shoot the three. We like to shoot the three. But you know, you get in turn the time against some really good teams. You have to be disciplined and understand and and, and make good uh, decisions and you know good shot selection. So I think that was a big part of what we did on Saturday. I thought we did a great job of uh, of uh, ball possession and understanding what was a good shot. Well, we talked about this a little bit earlier. Kevin Stuckmeyer, and this is the game that I saw, does a great job at, at Center Grove. And, you know, his his girls got back into it by virtue of a three, one to, uh, to end the third quarter, and then, you know, a couple of more there in that, that second half as well. You know, something you guys ultimately overcame. But it, it's, it's interesting, the level of talent you're going to see. And I look back at your season, Jeff, and it seems like, and maybe I'm wrong about this, it seems like you added some teams to your schedule to make it even tougher so you're prepared for last weekend, so you're prepared for a moment like Saturday night against Fishers. Is that correct? I think you definitely have to do that if you're, if you're looking you know, to, to improve what you're doing. Um, I, I think those two games last weekend with uh, Fish or with uh, Center Grove and, uh, and Lawrence North 
did prepare us for this weekend. Those are two high-level teams that really put a lot of pressure on you and, and, and are really good, really well coached. So I think you have to do that if you're looking to improve your, your team and your program. You have to schedule teams that are going to test you. Um, if it's easy, it's probably not going to be easy all the time, and you're going to have to be able to perform when it's not easy. Yeah, and that's that's where things have kind of changed. I mean, back in the day, you know this from you know being such a, a fantastic high school player back in the day. I mean, you 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 just basically played that schedule each and every year. But now, in preparation, just to make your team better, not even necessarily to get to where you guys are going on Saturday, but just to make sure in those pockets of Southern Indiana that. That you're prepared for what could lie ahead it seems like more and more people are really concentrating on making those particular season schedules tougher with the competition that they add year in and year out jeff maybe not every year but certainly in the years where you have high expectations that's seemingly what coaches are doing more so now than ever absolutely and uh, you know that's what we tried to do uh, you know we've had uh, uh some uh, regional final finishes the last couple of years. We felt like, you know, we we're in a position this year to maybe make that jump, possibly to to get to that semi-state state finals level if we could. And we felt like we needed to play the best teams we could possible to get ready for that. Uh, and I think we've done that, and I think it's helped us put us in this position. Ninth year as head coach of Bedford North Lawrence, and they're in the 4A title game against Fishers, a really good Fishers team coming up on Saturday night at 8-15. Jeff Allen from Bedford North Lawrence is with us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. I, if you don't mind, I wouldn't mind to talk about a little bit uh, of your past because I've brought it up on this show before because it is so incredibly interesting to me. We're from the same high school. You're a little bit older, but we're from the same high school. That is now Eastern Green. You attended two years of Vincennes coming out of Eastern as a really good basketball player. Now, were those the initial seasons of Dan Sparks when you played down at VU, Jeff? That's correct. I was uh, I was Dan's first recruiting class when he got the head job there. Um, you know, uh, coming out of Eastern Green, it was hard to get uh, you know a lot of recruiting eyes on you. Um, and, uh, and Dan really stepped up and had a lot of faith in me and wanted me to come there and uh, you know, he, he was wonderful to me, and, and I had a, a lot of success there at, at Vincennes and really enjoyed my time. And and then I was lucky enough to be recruited by the late, great Ray Meyer out of DePaul University. And, uh, you know, I had another great experience there with him and the, and the Meyer family. And, uh, uh, you know, you just can't you can't tell people how much that means to, to have the opportunity to play for a Hall of Fame coach like that. But uh, both those guys, Dan, Dan Sparks and Ray Meyer, you know, shape a lot of my coaching philosophy, and uh, you know, I, I'm deeply indebted to both of them. You know, it's amazing, and I know a lot of people my age, your age, will remember this. But DePaul, you know, coming off, I believe when you when you got up there, at least close to it anyway. They '79 were a Final Four team, and they were on NBC all the time as an independent. And that was one of those oh wows when you watched DePaul back then because they had so much talent. It was a lot of Chicago area talent, and I was always curious. I don't think I know the story. How did Ray Meyer first see you to bring you up to Chicago at DePaul? Uh, well, I think the way it happened was um, the assistant coach of Ben Sands uh, after I was done with my second year was at a, an All Star game with uh, the assistant coach from DePaul, and they just started talking and. Uh, the assistant of DePaul uh, told Ben, uh, assistant of Ben Sens what he was looking for, and uh, that was Jason Holmes at the time. And Jason said, "Well, I've got that. If you need that, I got exactly what you need." And, uh, and that's where it kind of took off from there. And uh, I went for a visit, and uh, the rest is history. Mm-hmm. And uh, obviously, there's a lot of history involved with that. You know, I ended up marrying one of my teammates' uh, sisters. Yeah, I play with at DePaul, so that's uh, another twist of the story but uh you know god works in funny ways he sends you where he wants you to go and i was lucky enough that i went to the ball now it um you were such a fantastic basketball player and i just I, I remember that as just being oh wow we would carve out time to watch when you guys played on nbc and i mean again you joined that team when they were at their their highest points yeah terry cummings i think when you joined was still a part of that team in your first year there tyrone corbin both years you were there was a part of that skip dillard was another name that i remember there it was just seemingly loaded with talent with those depaul teams back then yeah uh, coach ray had a great uh, quote one time uh, he was asked you know what do you attribute your great success he said well i had great players 
And uh, we, we had a tremendous amount of talent on those teams. Uh, Tyrone Corbin was actually my roommate when I was at DePaul. Uh, just an outstanding individual, an outstanding player. Uh, probably the best rebounder I've ever seen in my life. I mean, he just had a natural ability to know where the ball was coming off and go get it. Um, but the, the amount of talent we had there, I mean, Kenny Patterson's another one I played with. Yep. Point, great point guard. Uh, it was just, uh, you know, again, it's memories that last you a lifetime. That's what I try to tell my kids when I coach them is, you know, basketball does so much more than it's just sport. It gives you memories. It gives you opportunities. It gives you, uh, you know, just points of reference for your whole life that I can look back to the basketball, you know, was a part of. I share this with my daughter all the time, Jeff. I, I don't care what you end up doing as to what level you reach because it's more you caring about that than me but i just try to remind her for example or my son you want to have these memories these memories you're going to look back at whatever level in which you played whatever teams you're on these are going to be some of the better memories of your life make sure you don't miss them it's not really to me even about it's great when you get where you're going coming up on saturday but man these memories are so great and you don't really realize the importance of these memories Jeff, until further down the road when you get older. Well, I think that's just part of the aging process. You know, maybe I appreciate it more than I did back when I was younger. Um, but that's what I've tried to do with my kids this week going up to this game. You know, it's a big game. I've tried to keep it light and keep it fun this week, you know, working on what we need to work on, but trying to get them to understand, you know, the hard part's getting here. The hard part's over. This is the fun part. Uh, let's let's make memories and have fun this week. Jeff Allen, the ninth-year head coach at Bedford North Lawrence in the 4A state title game against Fishers coming up on Saturday night. And I've, I've often noticed this because I'm a big fan of the 83 film training places that no pressure is going to be more than the type of career you carved out when coming out of DePaul as an independent pit trader at the Chicago Mercantile back in the day. Right, I'm assuming that for any type of pressure, that kind of set the standard that you're going to be able to take most anything, correct? Well, I'm going to tell you, I ran out on the floor in front of 30,000 people to play basketball and I don't think I was ever as intimidated as the first time I walked in that trading pit for the first time in my life uh it's it's a pretty intimidating environment uh and it was uh it was something that you know being as being a competitor and being an athlete definitely helped you but uh I don't think anybody can uh, prepare anybody for that when they walk in there in the financial markets for the first time I I watch trading places every single especially at the end every time it's on and I swear to you I think about you every single time when I see Ackroyd and Murphy in that pit doing that work I think man that's what Jeff Allen was doing back in the 80s right there that's incredible to right. me right it's kind of part of history now you know everything's electronic now but yep. uh, that was definitely a part of the history again. You know, because of basketball, it led me to that opportunity. And, uh, you know, it was just a great opportunity and, and ultimately a, a special career to have that a lot of people don't get to do. Hey, tell, give the family my best. Uh, tell Debbie when you see her again, we said hello to my mom. Cheryl obviously says hello. She says, when are you going to have Jeff on? When's Jeff going to be on? You're going to get Jeff on? I say, <laughs> yeah, chill out a little bit. We're going to get Jeff on. But uh, tell everybody I said hello, and we're incredibly proud of you for what you have done, what you've accomplished, and uh, the best of luck coming up on Saturday, Jeff. Well, thanks, John. Uh, you know, growing up in Owensburg, a small town, uh, with you and my other friends and family there, I mean, that, that, that's a big part of uh, what's led to the success, I think, that I've been able to achieve and, and been lucky enough to have. Uh, we're going to do our best on Saturday. I appreciate that. You got it. Anytime, and we'll stay in touch, Jeff. Thank you again.